I would like, if I may, to take you on a strange journey. To explore strange new worlds. To seek out new life and new civilizations. To boldly go where no man has gone before. Lock up your sons. The fangirls are busting out all over. It's Fangirl Radio. Fangirl Radio. everybody and welcome to the latest and greatest episode of the fangirl radio show i'm your host jessica dwyer and with me tonight is the lovely and talented rachel moore well thank you jessica well you're welcome rachel we're always so polite here <laughs> oh darling i'm my pinky in the air and everything <laughs> <laughs> yes that's how we drink our cup bitches our cup all right so- <laughs> So, on this episode, um, we actually have a great interview to, um, in the second half with Zachary Ty Bryan and um, Michelle, and I'm going to say this wrong, I know it's Michelle Wright, and, oh, I'm sorry, Michelle Page, and uh, he is the star of a wonderful new film called Rogue River, which actually, it's a wonderful film, but it's also very disturbing and um co-stars bill mosley and um zachary ty Bryan. you might remember as the older son on home improvement he's also got a, a huge career he's uh done a lot of other things as well tv film and now he's a producer and uh this uh film's going to be released by lionsgate and in uh june of 5th i believe it hits uh uh on demand and on DVD. So uh, it's actually a movie that a lot of people have been waiting for for a while, and it was filmed in Oregon, hence the title, Rogue River. And uh, it's a great film, and it, it, it was a great interview and a great chance to hear about the inner workings of uh, uh, the acting trade as well as the behind-the-scenes stuff. And, uh, yeah, it was a great uh, time talking to these guys. And also... Um, Keep on the lookout for uh, an episode of Nightwatch um, with uh, co-star Bill Mosley being interviewed uh, about this film, too. And Bill is his creepy, ever-creepy best in this. So, um, yeah, you need to check this out. June 5th, uh, Lionsgate uh, hits it on demand and on DVD. So, um, without further ado... Uh, let's talk the week in geek and, um, I've got it. Yay. So we can geek. Um, I got to say game of Thrones is ramping it up. Arya just, uh, she's got her three deaths. Um, one of which was used in the last episode. Um, we have great so far about this is that they, they've taken all the best parts of the books where you don't have to sit through all the boring crap. Because, I'm sorry, it's one case where they really have made the TV series better than the books. 
I, I I really love it, and they've got such good actors in there too. I mean, everybody's nailing their their parts, and the the girl that plays Arya is just blowing me away. I mean, I really love I really love where she's going with that character, and I love the little half smile, just barely there you see on her face at the end of the episode. Well, you um, know, when you read the books and the, each each chapter has the name of the character it follows, you, you kind of like, oh, it's a Sansa chapter. Let's just skip this one. You know, we'll skip, <laughs> skip. Oh, it's Arya. We'll read it. You know, that kind of thing. And so I think they've done a really good job because I was kind of shocked. I'm like, oh, my goodness, we're already at the Red Lady giving birth to the shadow thing. And we're already at um, that was all so the stuff long. with, uh, with uh, Arya in Harrenhal. So... I, they're they're pacing it really well for my taste. And I gotta say, I freaking love Charles Dance. That mm. man can do no wrong. He has morphed into Peter Cushing, and it makes <laughs> me all kinds of happy. Um, and he plays that character just awesome. I love yeah. him. He's he's just extols you know royalty and and everything he does. But and also, guys, if you haven't ever have never seen it um it's out there you can find it on dvd charles dances the phantom of the opera with burt lancaster two-part miniseries they did on nbc back in the 90s awesome beautifully done uh and gives you some great uh dance on his own playing a sort of good guy so check that out if you can uh, the thing about Game of Thrones that's going to be interesting to see now that they're gaining this momentum is one of the difficult aspects of the book series is they just keep introducing characters. And we're getting now to the part of the story where the amount of storylines double. And so to see how they're going to juggle that is really going to, um, I think make or break a lot of the fans of the book series for this this season of game of thrones you can tell i mean they they've gotten rid of a couple of characters now thankfully you know and be, other than ned and the beheading and all of that but they're you can tell that they're adding on more and more in every episode and it's hard keeping track of all the houses um but you you i i hope that they can keep it succinct and keep it you know keep keep the show the way it is right now where it's fairly easy to keep track of everything i mean they do a very good job on balancing all the storylines right now but like you said it gets a lot more there's going to be a lot more grizzled old men that all look alike you know there's going to be a lot more <laughs> of that kind who of has thing. this beard who has a chain on their neck what? That, that are introduced and you get really invested in and then die like you know two chapters Within later two in the chapters book, so. in, yeah but we get we get to waste like a quarter of an episode on them right we have to yeah. yeah, so, yeah. but um, I really love this last episode. I love Arya. She's, you know, so I don't even, did this, was Sansa even in that last one? I don't even think she was. No, they didn't, they couldn't, because if you noticed the episode before followed three or four people, and this episode followed three or four different people other than right. the one or two people you have to, like, if you don't have Tyrion in an episode, I think we'd all, you know. Oh, we'd be pissed. <laughs> Because he he's really makes the books palatable. He's what makes the series palatable. It's true. So, yeah. but I mean, saw some more dragons this time, which I, I was waiting for. Because you know, you, you introduce dragons and then you see them once every other episode. I know, and that was cute. I want my own little baby dragon that I can have <laughs> for me. Barbecue my male dragon. Yes, I shall name you 
A1. <laughs> <laughs> You're grounded for naming dragons. <laughs> you are A1. Burn my meat. No, but um, other also on Sunday night, um, we got the latest episode of Once Upon a Time. Um, we only have two more, I believe, left in the season. Can I just say that I called who the stranger was two episodes ago? You did, yeah, but no one was really sure because they kept... Nobody, nobody was listening to me. And as a matter of fact, the people that I watched Once Upon a Time with turned to me and went, how did you freaking know? <laughs> but I think... But, I, oh, go ahead. I was going to say, I love how they did that, though. I love yeah. how they explained it. And uh, that that was really well done. And I, I really loved um, just... This one was pretty a pretty emotional episode. Yeah, yeah. I thought the... Go ahead. Again, we're looking at a series where pacing is going to be key because it has the... I'm, I'm afraid that it's going to get Twin Peaks in that it will come to its storyline <laughs> too soon. And then how, what are they going to do after that? So I'm, I'm kind of interested to see how they're going to pace this and how they're going to treat it uh, over this, the end of this season and then leading into the next because it's been picked up. Well, and they, and also I believe, I, I heard a rumor and it, it may have been announced that Robert Carlyle got nominated for a Best Actor Emmy. Yay! So that's a good thing and well-deserved. And girl squee right there. Yes, it is. That is a very squeeable event. So please do so. Um, but the uh, the episode was great. I really loved how they they worked the whole plot line in of him being Pinocchio. Surprise! It's Thursday. You should have already watched it. <laughs> uh, but I loved the I love the fact that you know that now the I call it Once Upon a Porn will be <laughs> writing the it gets bigger when he lies out there i'm sure that was the, the guys i was watching with it had that out in two seconds I mean, oh, that, was... that was like oh when i saw the wooden leg i'm like oh god i see where <laughs> this is going and someone else one of my friends online was like oh she's just gonna be emma saying lie to me lie to me harder it's yeah you know it's <laughs> why why did you bring... <laughs> it's because you know it's gonna happen come on i'm just but um the He's going to be gone the next episode because all the truly good-looking guys um, don't last more than one or two episodes before their heart explodes or they, they jump into a magic hat. <laughs> but he's coming back. My yeah, the hat yeah, that's what say. Jefferson's coming back. I think it's actually in this next I just episode. Think they pretty boys or something. Uh, I, I, I Carlisle's our favorite, but he's in no means like traditionally handsome. So. Well, and, and but the thing is, too, I think it also falls upon how they've written the fairy tale stories for these characters. Um, Jefferson's just lost in Wonderland. You know, that's that's him. He's not dead. The, the Huntsman's dead. I mean, they, they've cut yeah. his heart out. I mean, we'll get him in flashbacks, but he's gone. Um, and I'm trying to think, you know, and we still, thanks to this episode telling us who August really is, uh, is the fact that we don't know what happened to Bayfire. I think that's how you say it. Um, Yelfire. Who is uh, Rumpelstiltskin's son. And he went ahead and, and he would be about the age August is at this point. So we need to figure that out. And we still don't really truly know who Henry's father is. So that will have to come into play too. Yeah. Absolutely. So, so speaking of and queens 
I knew this was coming and let it go because we need to, we need to Sharon needles for the win RuPaul's Drag Race I have to bring it up because I have been gagging on her Eleganza all, all season and uh, came down to three really fierce queens I could have been happy with it with um, Sharon winning or Chad uh, Chad Michaels winning, but you know the spooky one, you know sending it up for all the misfits in the world. You, you gotta love it. And uh, the bastard just- child of Lady Gaga and Marilyn Manson. <laughs> well, I actually think she's cooler than Lady Gaga. I would. Uh, I, I I expect Lady Gaga to be ripping her off within a fortnight. And, uh, <laughs> I mean, it just just it was just a great. Um, ending to a great season full of lots of wonderful drama and of course Miss Latrice Royale representing for all the plus size queens getting um, the Miss Geniality Award so <laughs> great I just you know it's such an inter- it's such a pure entertaining show and to have someone like Sharon Needles who uh, I do you know about her House of Haunt are you aware of her whole thing no Sharon- I, I've I, I Sharon Needles I, and her uh, boyfriend Alaska started this um, drag house called the House of Haunt, and it takes all the drag queens in their area that have been either kicked out or can't make it into other um, drag houses, and teaches them to do drag, and and also lets them do the kind of subversive drag they're into, and they perform both at uh, a gay nightclub and at a straight nightclub, and so awesome. they're just a really really cool. Um, group of performers and it's neat to see them represented that is awesome and and we were rooting for her the whole time i mean the minute i saw her i was like the queen (laughs) wanted started spitting blood that very first episode i'm like oh my gosh if jessica isn't watching drag race right now (laughs) there's something wrong well just the name i mean the name is great so um i i wanted to bring up a couple of things um because we got a little while before that we uh, get to our interview. Um, first of all, uh, Marilyn Manson's new CD is out, and it is awesome. You should buy it. Uh, it's great. It has Johnny Depp doing a uh, as a guitar duet. He doesn't actually sing, I believe, on the song, but he is uh, duetting with Manson on an amazing cover of You're So Vain, which just rocks your socks off the whole cd is great um totally check it out you can download it on itunes for 9.99 and it comes with uh the video to no reflection um so it's a great pickup great cd jack white cd is out as well so i wanted to just give some shout outs to the some of the best music out right now those two guys um manson has totally come back around uh the last cd he released it wasn't as great um i didn't like it as much as uh uh, some of his earlier work but born villain um gets him back to the the really you know just the poppy goth hard metal awesomeness that is manson so the whole reason you love him uh return to that the other thing that i needed to bring up was i went and saw the raven um on friday of last week and uh it, it was a good movie, not a great movie. It was uh, a C plus. I, I do have to disagree with a lot of the critics, though, who are saying the weak point was John Cusack. I actually enjoyed him as Poe. 
you know, one of my favorite reviewers said that he was the reason to see that movie, that the plot was kind of weak, but that he really, you know, was invested in the role. He was. But I and, that, so. Well, he, it, and the thing is, uh, the, the plot needed more meat. The, the whole reason and I give it a C plus, and I actually will be writing a review on the website uh, on fangirlmag.com, but just to follow up with it, the, um, the plot really was the problem. There wasn't enough meat. There wasn't enough reason for what was going on. But Cusack did a great job channeling Poe, the frantic um, craziness, the melancholy. Um, I was saying that uh, Cusack gives great big brown eyes. He just gives mm-hmm. this great you know he conveys a lot through his expressions in this and it is really well done and he does the gothy um anti-hero bit very well um and i i could tell that he was going to put a lot of love into it when i talked to him because he knew so much about edgar Allan poe and the man knows his you know tragic drunken writers by you know personally he knows some and knew one in particular but uh good it's a good movie. It's not really a horror film. I mean, there's hor- horrific elements. There's some gore, but it was more of a mystery thriller, uh, and uh, not so much of. Uh, a lot of people were comparing it to Saw. Uh, I I think that's a way stretch. So I would say no. Um, the other thing that I wanted to uh, mention was, if you haven't seen it yet, it is on our website, and that is the new Dark Knight Rises trailer. Woo-hoo. And uh, once again, they're doing the viral video thing with that where um, people go onto the, the official site, do tasks, look around, um, and they unlock the trailer within, I think, a couple of hours of it being mm-hmm. announced that if, if enough people do this, we'll give you the new trailer. So uh, it's released and um, they actually changed Bane to where you can, you can actually understand him now. Thank God. <laughs> Thank you, Chris Nolan, for coming to your senses and actually letting us be able to understand Bane. That's a good idea. Uh, The other thing I wanted to bring up, too, um, which was making the rounds online. Everyone was trying to figure it out, and I think Rachel knows what I'm going to say. No one really was sure. We had all these rumors, and then they finally confirmed that. The Cumberbatch is Khan. Khan! Yes! Or as he will forthwith be known, Cumbercon. Cumbercon, I like that. I was, uh, what was the one I called him like, uh, uh, oh, it was uh, Sherlockian soon or something like that. Khan Noonien Holmes. That was what I was calling him. <laughs> I like Cumbercon. It's fun to say. Cumbercon is <laughs> Great. Oh my gosh. That that's gonna be like the name of in about five years when he has his own convention. They'll be called <laughs> the Cumbercon. The Wrath of Cumbercon. I, I, I hold a little Benedict Cumberbatch convention every weekend. Uh, uh, in your pants. Oh no. Oh no. <laughs> nasty. Uh, but it's true. Um, the uh, but it was a great uh, to hear. I I was starting to get worried. I didn't know what they were actually going to do um, with him. Uh, we knew that he was supposedly the villain. We'd seen the pictures, and uh, I'm very glad that they finally announced it. The other thing they announced too is that there's Klingons in this. Star Trek well, Two is going to have Klingons. Well, I would think so. 
They didn't have any. Well, they those were Romulans in the in Star Trek in the first one. Um, uh, but now we're going to actually get the Klingon Empire involved, and no one knows quite what they're actually going to be doing in the movie. Uh, the other thing I wanted to mention, too, about this was the fact that um, originally Benicio Del Toro was cast as the bad guy, and I think they may have retooled Khan's backstory. Um, I, we know that they've changed it. It's not going to be a Space Seed uh, redo. Um, but with... Del Toro's look compared to Cumberbatch. Del Toro looked to me like he would have been more, um, you know, Ricardo Montalban like Khan. Mm -hmm. And uh, I don't know. There, I don't know how he's going to do this. I, I, I have absolute and utter faith in Benedict Cumberbatch to pull off doing Khan. Absolutely. Uh, my husband, on the other hand, who calls him a gray and thinks he is the freakiest human being alive, isn't convinced yet <laughs> well, we'll see i mean I, he does have a lot to prove with this role and uh you know i i have a feeling that he's going to be like gary oldman and become somebody who can shift quite a bit which oh, if you recall gary oldman didn't do a ton at the very beginning of his career so he has a lot to prove and uh you know well, the, we know the second Star Trek movie has a lot to prove so I'm, I'm afraid to get excited about it because I like him so much I want it to be good you know well I think it's going to be funny um, I, I, I you know the, the Star Trek franchise the original crew it was always the even numbered movies that were the best and the odd numbered were always the worst so we know Star Trek 1 we'll call it Star Trek 1 was awesome was super super good one of the best Star Trek movies in years years uh excellent film rebooted the franchise brought it back to life um now we've got star trek 2 is it going to flip can this be as good as star trek the wrath of khan they can anything I, I, really be as good as can star anything trek? really be that good he's got a lot a, just huge shoes to fill but he's done it already with sherlock so he um he's I got my vote. I think he's going to be, uh, I think it's going to be great. I can't wait to see his take on it. I want to know if Chris Pine's actually going to do a scream worthy of the Shatner in this. Though <laughs> 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 he doesn't have a son to be uh, just killed or whatever, but um, that didn't happen in two, by the way. That happened in three. <laughs> uh, just in case there was a new doubt. Just in case. Cling on, <laughs> bastards killed my son you oh, anyway uh the the scream did happen into though he let when he left him behind but um the uh <laughs> sorry the this the 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 trek geek is coming out uh but i'm i'm excited about it rachel do you have any other weekend geek to talk about uh, kind of know, i just wanted of to say that this the second half of the season of community started out a little slow it picked up really fast um I just don't know how um, Danny Putty, who plays Abed, has not won an Emmy yet. Uh, Jim Parsons, who who did deserve an Emmy, has now won twice on half the performance. I'm sorry. Dan, Danny Putty is just knocking it out this season. Um, he should have gotten it last season for his um, My Dinner with Andre impression. But this season, just the last two to three episodes and since i know a lot of people watch them streaming i'm not going to say much about them except for um i want their i want him to win an emmy i i just think he's been phenomenal this season 
I, I do have to ask your opinion since you are a Hulu streamer. What did you think about this whole you're going to have to pay for cable to get Hulu? I, you know, I don't know enough about it yet to really have formed an opinion. I just literally heard about it yesterday. So I haven't looked into it at all. I think it's it's one of those things where if cable had the select your channels option, I probably would do it instead of Hulu, but they don't. Uh, um, and so that's why I have Hulu. So to connect it with cable seems like sort of a ridiculous thing. I think they're trying to turn into another uh, Netflix that's what they're going to end up doing. They're going to end up, uh, you know, alienating their base, and it's going to come back and bite them if they do something like that. Because that's completely goes in the face of why you have Hulu to me. To make you have to do a pay service, an additional pay service to get it. Yeah, I I don't understand why if you had cable you would need Hulu. I guess because I yeah. I, I don't it's, get it. It's just all pretty ridiculous, but we'll see if it actually happens. I mean, um, right now, there's so much new with the whole streaming. Um, the streaming as a business and everything that, that uh, you know, Netflix has tried some stuff that hasn't worked out. They've tried some stuff that's worked great. Uh, just this week, they updated it, so it, the um, watching... Tele- uh, TV shows is easier on Netflix than it has been before. It still doesn't have the auto streaming function like Hulu. But, you know, it could go a lot of ways. It could happen. It could not happen. It could happen and they decide it didn't work, you know. So I, I, I'm kind of just waiting and watching. Well, let's see how it goes. I mean, like I said, I, I have a, this smells of Netflix to me. So we'll see how that runs out. Um, I just wanted to give a, a one little update before we uh, go to our interview for the day. Um, and that is that I will uh, be uh, heading to L.A. at the end of this week, which is sort of tomorrow. Um, and uh, I will be going to a midnight show of the Avengers since this is going to be playing on Thursday. Tonight. Uh, but I... I <laughs> I, I'm sure everyone else and anyone who listens to us will be going to the Avengers as well. Um, I will be going to L.A. and I will be seeing a sneak peek of Dark Shadows. And I will hopefully, and this is a big hope, uh, be interviewing some of the cast members, including Mr. Johnny Depp. Oh, uh, lordy. And, um, yeah... Also, uh, so I hopefully, if, if things work out the way I want them to, next week we will be having another special Dark Shadows themed episode of the show. I'm going to look into getting Catherine Lee Scott uh, for an interview so we can talk and uh, eulogize properly the awesome Jonathan Frid. Yes. Um, and if we pull this off, um, and if I can get everything, uh, the ducks in a row, as I hope, we will have a new episode on Thursday next week. It will be a Dark Shadows-themed episode, and it will be airing the night before the new film opens. So uh, keep your um, fingers crossed that I can pull this off. If not, we will be having a repeat next week, uh, and uh, I will give you guys announcements on Facebook as well as on our webzine uh, if it's going to happen or not, for sure. So, um, thank you so much for listening tonight. Um, Stay tuned. We will be having our interview with uh, the producer and star of Rogue River. And I will uh, talk to you guys next week or possibly the week after. And, Rachel, do you have anything else uh, to add? 
Good night, and we love you, Todd. Yeah, we love you, Todd. Get better. We need you, Todd. We need Batman. So, with that said, thank you so much. And here is our interview with Michelle Page and Zachary Tybron. Hi. You hungry? Looking for a tempting treat? Hold on till I absorb some heat. Some added tang might please you, too. I'll slide into an oven-fresh bun. And I'm ready for your eating fun. Why don't you try a juicy, good hot dog? Mmm, delicious. All right, everybody. Um, with us tonight are um, Zachary Ty Bryan and Michelle Page from the amazing Rogue River, which I had the honor of getting to see a little bit early. And uh, they're here to talk about the film tonight. And uh, thank you guys for coming on the show. We appreciate you being on. Thank you for having us. Uh, thank you for having us, yeah. Zach, I, I, I'm going to ask you first. You, you started out with being the, the elder son on the Home Improvement, and now you're producing films like this. You've done some other ones uh, that are also horror genre specific. Do you do, are you a horror fan yourself? Is that where this is leading? Not. I mean, yeah. I, do I appreciate horror film? Absolutely. Um, I mean, we, we like. I like all films in general. I mean, I think this is just kind of a good start for the company. Um, there is such a built-in demographic for the horror genre. Um, so when you're starting your new company, you know, for, for, for my partner Adam and I, it was more just like, all right, we're, we're, what kind of a movie can we do where, you know, we can re- it, it'll get out, it'll find its audience, and, and hopefully we can do really well off of it. And then uh, we were fortunate enough to find this script, thanks to Michelle, and, uh, and, and we, we went up and filmed it actually up in Rogue River. Um, we filmed in uh, Merlin, Oregon, which is right next to Rogue River. And and, uh, and one thing I will say is uh, Michelle is incredible in it. She's uh, she put the little Oh, really thank great. you. <laughs> yeah, oh, you I mean it. She sells, you, you sell this movie. I mean, I, I have to say you were um, just amazing in it. And I wanted thank to... Thank you uh, so much. Oh, uh, from the heart, I, I was... I was like, God, get the hell out of there, lady. Get the hell out of there. Oh, like, that's so nice to hear. Awesome. I know. It's, yeah, you're right. The whole time you're like, don't go back. <laughs> you know, you want to, you, you just so badly want to make these decisions for her character. Yeah. And she just, you know, it's, it's, it's yeah. He just gets stuck in, in the wrong place at the wrong time. Oh, man. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, living in Oregon, I appreciate totally the, the, the car that you're driving with the bumper stickers covering it. <laughs> Oh, that's the yeah. <laughs> I, I see. I see that. Part. I wanted to find out from you because I've seen. I'm always amazed by actors that get into these very highly charged psychological and emotional films like this, especially with horror movies. Yeah. You, where do you go? I always want to know how do you get psyched up into these scenes because you go through hell. I mean, yeah. to put it mildly, in this movie, how do I, you get come down from it? Oh goodness. Good questions. Um, how I get there, um, I think it's just, it's, I do so much research on my characters. And um, for Mara, I mean, I, I wrote in a journal. I kept a journal with my character. And, and um, these are the kind of roles I gravitate towards. I love the crazy, highly intensified roles. And, um, and this obviously gave me the opportunity to do that. And um, I don't know, I just, I, I love that kind of role. I honestly, I don't know how I do it half the time. Um, but coming down from it, I mean, you just have to learn to, to pop out of it um, and not take it home with you. 
Gotcha. And I think it's just yeah. I, I did. I did notice every night that by the end of the day, she was she was pretty exhausted every single evening. Yeah. It, well, it's uh, mentally and, and emotionally challenging, you know, to do that day in and day out. But I love it. I wouldn't trade it for the world. Well, I know I've seen uh, I've seen footage of, of I think it was Sarah Gilbert um, or uh, she was filming a scene and they didn't cut the camera where she was having her child taken from her and she just was uh, broken down yeah. tears and they didn't cut the camera and someone actually had to come over and console her. That and, happens. Uh, it does happen. Uh, it just blows my mind when I see that and um, I'm always. People give horror films sort of a, a bad rap, like oh, they're they're throwaway films. But no, they're not. Not and when you no. see characters like Mara and what you go through and how you convey it and you sell it, that's yeah. you know that's not a throwaway part. That's not a throwaway movie. That's some true acting, and I thought it was amazing. Thank you, Thank you so um, much. No problem. Yeah, I, I, I agree, and, and, and you know it's one of those things too. I mean, there are you know that a lot of these. You're right. These films, a lot of these films, do kind of get get. You know, they they think it's just oh, it's just a horror film. You know, um, and we're kind of we were kind of trying to find some somewhat of that hybrid where it, it 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 deals with some. You know, because these these aren't monsters where they're you know zombies. I mean, these are like real yeah. human monsters that live in this house. And uh, yeah. and it and, and, and this this the sad part is this has happened and can happen. Yeah. And it and uh, and. And, and and that's that and so there is kind of like that real grounded like grounded like reality to this film. Yeah, and, reality. Uh, and yeah, yeah, Michelle and, and Michelle and Bill and Lucinda I and Chris Coy, they all really did a great job. Well and I was gonna ask about Lucinda because she was just oh my god. Uh her her I role in that, that. <laughs> and, and the scenes between the two of you specifically how did you sort of, um, how did the two of you work together to kind of make those scenes happen? Because you had some pretty gnarly, gnarly scenes together. <laughs> well, Lucinda is just fantastic. I mean, I, I knew her work before, and when I knew she was coming on board, I was like, oh, my gosh, she's great. Um, I, I, you know, she's really fun, and, and when we approached each scene together, you know, we just took it in stride, and we just, we just got thrown together, but, um, yeah, there, we had a lot of great scenes with each other. Um, I can't really tell my favorite it would give away, <laughs> but, um, <laughs> but no, Lucinda's fantastic. I mean, she's such a pro. What? And, and, and kind of, kind of some, some interesting news. I don't know if you know, but her and Bill Mosley are actually like a real life are in a relationship in real life. Yeah. Oh, wow. Really? Yeah. yeah. Oh wow! That's so. That's who he's talking about when he's talking about his girlfriend. Oh my god! Yeah, yeah they have a they have a chi- they have a child together. Um, I, I think they've just they've that's never fully awesome. tied the knot, but they're pretty much married without being married. Oh yeah. my god, that's amazing! I, I Which love adds an build. interesting dynamic to the to the film as well because they are a real life couple. Totally. Don't you agree, uh, Zach? Yeah, I, absolutely. There's just there's just a. Uh, a familiarity with the, with the two of them. Yeah. It was like you know when they yeah. appear on camera, it's like you just knew they knew each other. It just had that exactly. uh, that natural, that organic. Yeah, it was good. Oh, that's great. Yeah, I I I, I love Bill, and, and that's one thing I wanted to talk about too. Is how is you know working with him? 
he's he's the one of the nicest guys in the world oh that my gosh, I've, yeah. he, he's a doll baby and he's got those crazy blue eyes of doom that you know just oh zero in on you he can turn from being sweet and innocent and, and just you know nice to just one little tick and he turns into the craziest most disturbing individual <laughs> in the world I mean, how is that to work against? Because you, not to give anything away, but you also had some, just, these two just beat the living crap out of you, to put it mildly, in this movie. How is it to to just see that transformation? How does that help you as an actor when you see that change? Well, you you feed off, you know, all the other actors you're working with, but uh, Bill, I mean, he's, he's so well known for this genre, and he's, he's really perfected it, and, um, He's, he, it's so true. I mean, he can literally switch a flip, and and it's amazing, you know. Oh, and uh, yeah, he just flips that yeah, flip, and he's, 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 he's instantly creepy. I don't even know. It's just, it's amazing. <laughs> yeah, he plays. He plays such. A, yeah, I, I, you're you're so right, Michelle. It's like the way he he has like this. He played it, it's, it's it's like so simply. Like it was so simple. But so deep, like it was so simple, but so yeah. much going on. It was yeah, um, because he is, and, so and, and not to mention he's always the smartest guy in the room. I mean, the guy is like a Yale graduate, oh, <laughs> it, gosh, which, yeah. which was like, <laughs> I mean, you'll start, you'll get on conversations with that guy, and you're like, okay, I'm so out of my league. I need to. Uh, <laughs> great talking with you, Mister Mister Mosley. <laughs> oh, oh my gosh, this is <laughs> no, he is. He's fantastic. I mean, you can tell he's he's been in this genre for a while because he really. I mean, he scares you when you're working with him. He's that great. <laughs> well, and I thought it was interesting too because I saw him not too long. I think after he was filming this, and he, um, I think he used like the Shasta, Mount Shasta um, from you know he took a picture while he was here filming and used it for his record for his band because he's got a band. And uh, so he's. Oh, he's I didn't know that. Yeah, he's I didn't, got. A, I didn't know that either. Yeah, he's got a band. I think they're kind of like a bluesy, folksy, rock kind of thing, and uh, he's really good. That's so neat. Uh, yeah, yeah but cool. yeah, so he's he's an all around. Well, why didn't we get him to perform for us up there, Michelle? <laughs> we had so many lonely, lazy, boring nights. He could have freaking got the party going. It would have been perfect by the Rogue River. <laughs> Oh my goodness, that's so funny. I'm going to have to ask him about that. That's great. Oh yeah, he's, that he's really cool. good. Yeah. Um, so one thing I, I wanted to get around to was actually the film itself. You, um, the director, uh, Jordan, you you all utilized Oregon's beauty very well in some of these shots. I mean, there was some great like um, uh, setup shots during your driving scenes and things. Yeah, and I, I wanted yeah. to ask about what the environment around here, how you use that in the film, as well as um, kind of the hazards of filming around here. You were running around the woods a lot. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, she was a trooper those days because I'll tell you, I'll tell you right now, those days were like literally almost zero degrees and she's out there in that dress, no shoes. <laughs> yeah, no, I, it, you know, it was beautiful where we shot and we had, we had a great, great DP, uh, Brian Ham, who's just a genius who I had worked with before. And I think, you know, his, his way of filming, it's so beautiful yet so creepy. And, uh, you know, being in such a secluded area as we were for this, 
this film, I it, it did help because you kind of felt like you were stuck oh, and yeah. trapped. And uh, it was a great location. Well, yeah, it was. It was. It's actually it was actually Jordan McClure's parents' house that we filmed at. Yeah. Um, yeah. There was, there was a lot. There was a. This was one big labor of love. This was a labor of love for sure. Yeah. Well, and I love the use of sound too, because especially like with the ending scene and all of that, just the quiet in the water and and throughout, yeah, yeah. there's like this. It's very quiet, um, and you do get that sense of isolation uh, from it. Because there's places around here, not just here, but you know, for, since I'm in the state that it was filmed in you feel like there's nothing around you for miles yeah. and that yeah. you, you have nothing but trees and that's it. That's all you see. Um, right. So I really, I really liked how that was done with the sound and everything. I just gorgeously filmed. Yeah. The, the sound, they, the sound design did a great job. Uh, we, you know, that, that yeah. beginning when, when she's driving to the house or to, to actually the ghost uh, spread her father's ashes. Um, right. We got it. We had a we got a helicopter that day. We got some aerials of her, you know, going through the deep woods, and and, and it kind of yeah, you're right. It created that seclusion once once she got out there, yeah. and, and it really was secluded out there. Like like Michelle was it saying, was. like you felt like you were in the middle. Of, we were in the middle of nowhere. We really were. Yeah, <laughs> we just had each other <laughs> that whole month. Yeah, each other in the woods. Uh, so. Each other in the woods. There you go. That's that's pretty much Oregon. <laughs> it was it was an interesting too. It was great. Um. So I was going to ask you that this the story is this is a twisted tale. It's a twisted story. We've kind of established that. I was going to ask because you said Zachary that um, Michelle kind of brought the script to you. I wanted to know from both of you what attracted you to this movie. Well, my my partner was actually very close with Michelle. They had they had done a uh, they had done a TV show together, um, and she kind of just threw this script his way and was like, "Hey, check this out. I'm attached. It's cool." Um, we both read it, and literally, we both kind of we got on the phone. It was I, I want to say it was like that same day, and we said, "Let's do yeah, this." It was, this it was is a perfect. Fast. Yeah, it did, and it was like a perfect starting film for Vision. We were looking for you know we're looking for kind of a. You know, a film that that, that wasn't going to have a, a, a crazy budget, but would have enough to really to really have the effect that we that we wanted to have in, in the film community. Um, and then we all we obviously knew Michelle was part of it, so we, we we never really questioned the talent aspect of it. And and then after that, we just kind of had to start to you know we just tried peppering in the cast around her, and and I feel like we we were able to do a good job at that. And um, and then, yeah, yeah, we got up there. Jordan McClure was a first-time director, but we never really questioned him because just his vision, it was kind of his story to begin with. Um, yeah, so it was, it, it kind of, all the pieces just kind of fell, fell right perfectly into the puzzle. Um, as for me, I had worked with Kevin Haston before, who wrote the script alongside uh, Ryan Finnerty, and we did a psychological thriller called Censored, with Robert Picardo, and I had just a supporting part in that, and he sent me the script and said, just take a read, let me know what you think. And I read it, and I remember calling him and saying, yes, I want to do this. <laughs> and uh, I just, I was attracted to, to Mara and how twisted, obviously, the story was, and I felt it was unique, and it was something different that I had not done before, and I was, I was excited about it. 
That's great. So I'm glad Adam and Zach came on board as well, so we got the ball rolling. Well, one thing I wanted to ask was, um, I was curious about... It's, it's like, it's kind of like, uh, it's kind of like misery on steroids. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> with, right. less hobbling, with less toppling, yes. <laughs> right, um, right. <laughs> Jeez. So I was going to ask um, your uh, Mara and her brother. Um, they there's sort of a lot left unsaid at the beginning uh, between the two of them, and I kind of got a vibe. And I don't know if there was any more in the script or like a background story that you had uh, established beforehand with them. Was there sort of a um, he felt he was more like a, a right wing sort of you know religious. Oh, because of the, you know, he's wearing the cross. Um, yeah. And they established with the car that you're definitely not right-wing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, Did you get so that was, from all the bumper stickers? No, I think, I, yeah, a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> so was there anything, like, that the two of you um, uh, had put together in your heads to kind of establish that relationship and why there was a difference in the awkwardness at the beginning? Well, Zach, we had had a scene uh, that we filmed that ended up being taken out of the movie that um, and maybe explained a little bit more. He is definitely more conservative, and um, and uh, I, I don't know if Chris Coy... Chris Coy is fantastic. We didn't really discuss yeah, our relationship together. I think it was kind of... It went without saying that we knew our roles in the family... Um, Mara was more, you know, on her own and independent and wanting to travel and, and, um, and obviously Chris's character took the different path. And, um, but I mean, he's just, he, I just, yeah, there's, there's definitely, I mean, it really was, we worked effortlessly together. Um, it just, it just all felt right. Um, yeah, and I got a really good. I, you two worked really well together, and your scenes together were heart wrenching. I mean, they they were. It was a even. Um, you know, we didn't really. You guys conveyed all of that within without having it be spoken. Right, which so, is which is kind of like we did have a scene in there before where she was. Uh, they kind of you know they kind of get into I a little bit of an that. argument about yeah about like you know he's saying dad's dead, get over it. She's like, well, this is gonna be my closure. It was kind of that kind of a scene but we did have that big montage getting up there and then then you have him and her and him at the river you know we're doing it yeah. and we we were told by by distribution actually that it was that we needed to get to a little we needed to get to the yeah. action a little quicker so yeah that was kind of our way and we felt like like you said we felt like you could see in that scene the dynamic that they had we felt that that was so prevalent it didn't you didn't even need the the dialogue to really show exactly. the the difference no it got yeah, conveyed I agree with you on that. That. yeah it got conveyed really well I, I was i was just thinking you know i bet that's you know it, it makes you think about it as you're going i'm like oh i bet there was all this history there and 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 you got it from that scene which was great um so i now I I had seen on the cast list, and I just was curious that Michael Rooker was in this at some point, and I don't think I saw him. Was he cut? Yes, he he's no he he isn't. Well, I don't actually. I gotta see. I gotta see the the version that Lionsgate probably. I don't know because if they're gonna if they say he's on there, then he, if if his name's on the list, I would think he probably is. But he plays he plays just like this really creepy role at a gas station 
when she's actually <laughs> headed up there, she pulls into. Yeah, it's he's ahead. in one scene, and and he, I, I mean, he's hysterical. He's just brilliant. Um, <laughs> he's I, a character. I, I don't know if that scene's going to be on the DVD. I don't know. Yeah, he yeah, was great, he was great in it. it. It was it was another one of those things. And this was our foreign distributor. This wasn't Lionsgate, which is why I haven't seen the Lionsgate version. He might be back in it. Yeah. Um, I can confirm that for you. But um, but it was it was another one that they thought it was just a little. It, it was still like another offbeat, slow scene before getting into the madness. So it was just a decision that was made for the foreign, for the the UK, France, and basically yeah. the world. Um, so I don't know. Lionsgate might have put him back in. I don't know. I, I'll well, find I, out for I was, just, I was just looking around, and and, and I like I, I watched the movie, and um, I'm like, someone mentioned that Rooker was supposed to be in it at some point. And I'm like, I don't think I saw him, but you know, you never know. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he pops up yeah. in weird places. <laughs> well, you know, it's been so fun. It's been so, I mean, and because as you said, I mean, I, I was an actor for you know twenty some odd years. And, and I've gotten into the producing side of since about 2009. And it's been so funny to me just to see the difference in how the world wants a film and just and how America likes their films. And, and, and the yeah. difference there, like just dealing with the two distribution companies, like Lionsgate's been like, yeah, story, let's, you know, this, that. It was like, it was the foreign. It was like, get to the madness, get to the craziness. We want action. We want this. And it's yeah. just so funny to see the, the difference in the two. It really tripped me out. Oh my gosh, that's just hilarious! Yeah. Well, and, and uh, so I know that you have. Uh, I, I'm probably going to have to wrap it up here, but I, I wanted to ask really quickly, Zachary. I saw that you have a um, a movie that you're producing called The Grief Tourist, and I yeah, just wanted to uh, that'll be the one after this. I just wanted to ask about that because it sounds it sounds great. Um, I, and uh, can you give a little background on it and a little bit of info? Absolutely. Absolutely, yeah. It's, uh, it stars Michael Cudlitz, who was also in Rogue River. You know, Adam and I are really trying to, you know, like we can't wait to work with Michelle again. We, we're kind of the, we want to we want to be known as those those loyal producers that kind of carry on, you know, the talent, with, you know, as like one big team. And mm-hmm. uh, so we got Michael Cudlitz from from Rogue River. Um, it's called The Grief Tours. It stars himself and uh, Melanie Griffith and Pruitt Taylor Vince. And I don't know if you know what a grief tourist is, but it's basically a person that, tra- that, that uh, travels to a place of tragedy or devastation. So people that go to the grassy knoll to see where JFK got shot, people that go to Ground Zero, people that go to the concentration camps in Europe. Um, well, this guy's obsession is serial killers. So he, he works for a big, he's a security guard for a big major corporation in Manhattan. He gets two weeks off a year, and for those two weeks, he picks a different serial killer, and he goes and follows them from childhood until they became serial killers to kind of learn their psychological progression. Mm-hmm. Um, and this, this on the movie, he follows this uh, serial killer that we made up, but his name's Carl Marsnap. And uh, and his life parallels this serial killer's life so closely. It's kind of his descent into madness. So it's got like a, it's got a little bit of uh, uh, taxi driver in it. It's got a little bit you know monster. It's 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 it's, it's very much a character study, um, but also like psychological thriller, and, and it's pretty hard hitting. Um, oh. It's a it's a pre, it's a pretty deep film and it, it really it's 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 all very grounded um, and it really makes you think because uh, the the reason that this film was so important to Adam and I as well was because you know we, 
so much, we see like the Columbine shootings and we see all these major tragedies happen all the time and we just kind of paint these people as monsters, right? Oh, they're just, you know, well, where, where, where's the fuse in the brain? Where does it go off? Where does it hit? Is it from, yeah. is it from, you know, abuse as a child? Is it from, you know, so, so it's, it's more about trying to find the progression and how, how evil enters, because, you know, we believe that you're, everybody's kind of born um, just a human, and, and, and it's kind of your influence that kind of takes you where you go. Um, so it kind, of, it kind of explores that, that whole idea. Oh, that sounds, sounds really amazing. Great. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's really, actually, we're going to be having a screening here uh, coming up, Michelle. We're, you'll, you'll be invited. Oh, good. I can't wait. Yeah, for that sure. Sounds that sounds juicy. Really that sounds really um, juicy. I will be talking to you again, I'm sure, about that one. Um, yeah, yeah, we're excited. We're excited about that one. We really are. Well, um, Zach and... But more importantly, we're, we're really excited. I mean, obviously, Rogue Rivers, the, that's the one that's got the date. Where, that's going to hopefully put us on the map and uh, and hopefully yeah, start yeah. to build. We're, the, we're very build. excited about Rogue Rivers. Uh, Oh, uh, and, and yeah. that, I believe, hits video on demand and DVD in June via Lionsgate. And, uh, June 5th, yes. June 5th. And, um, yeah, definitely check it out. It is an amazing movie. Michelle just knocks it out of the park with it. So does Bill Mosley. Everybody on board. Thank listen you so much. You guys did a yeah, great you, job. Yeah, she really, she, Michelle definitely, it, it, was, it was amazing how she just, she kind of just took this movie, put it under, put it on her back and. And literally just carried it all the way through, um, emotionally. Yeah, it's 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 really it's it's really nice, beautiful to see. Yes, it is. And, thank you. Uh, thank you again. Thank you again for coming on the show. And uh, oh, thank you uh, for having us. Oh, no problem. Uh, it was a pleasure to talk to both of you. And um, we will hopefully be having uh, Bill on at some point this month on another show on the network called Night Watch, and to talk about it. And uh, thank you once again for being on, guys. I appreciate it. Thank you for having us. Cross the rainbow bridge of Asgard, where the booming heavens roar. You'll behold in breathless wonder the God of thunder, mighty Lord. Took me to her parents for a Sunday meal Her father took one look at me 